0: Um, You know, it is Valentine's Day, and we're going to be talking about love and marriage today. Um, You know, a, a healthy marriage and a happy marriage is not rocket science. It's really not. There's some pretty simple things that we can do to have a healthy marriage, and I think it's really important to realize marriage is what two people make it. It's not what one person makes it. It's what two people make it to be and a lot of a happy healthy marriage is just plain common sense but sometimes because we've seen models growing up that weren't healthy we kind of take the same things into our marriages so we want to talk about having a healthy marriage today
1: and one thing we need to remember is that no two marriages are alike no two marriages are ever going to be alike because no two people are exactly alike is that right? Yeah. None of us are the same. We're all uniquely different. And when you put two uniquely different people together in a marriage, you're going to have a unique marriage, unlike anyone else's marriage. And each individual has their own needs. And so the needs of a marriage are going to be different. And the needs of a marriage are really made up by the needs of the individuals. And the differences in the marriages are made up because of the differences in the individuals.
0: That's right. And you know, if you look at scripture in Philippians 2, and I'm not gonna have it on the screen, but you can go home and check it out later. Philippians 2, in our relationship with God, God said, or Paul said, work out your relationship with fear and trembling. Work out your relationship with God with fear and trembling. Learn to walk out and live and build up that relationship with God. And the principles are true in marriage. We have to learn to build healthy marriages. And there's some things that we can do, but first of all, as Ann was just saying, we need to recognize that every marriage is different. We can learn from each other, but no two marriages are going to be exactly alike. Uh, For several years now, there's been a book out that talks about love languages. We need to know what our spouse needs, and we need to try to help fulfill those desires and those needs in life and when we get married God said two people become one flesh now let me illustrate that for you two people become one flesh it happens like that and really it happens not instantaneously it happens over time that two lives become one life together so if we can learn to navigate this relationship we can build really healthy marriages but we are different and and I have got a lot of things in common but we've got a lot of differences too there are a lot of things about each one of us you know that are different for example I'm the guy that wakes up at the crack of dawn sometimes earlier i'm wide awake I jump out of bed i'm you know I'm ready to go I' got my coffee I'm running and likes to wake up a little more slowly. she's not a late late sleeper, but she likes to wake up more slowly. Sometimes she says, "Leave the lights on in the room when you get up, and i'll wake up here in a few minutes. She's slow to get around and she likes to you know take it easy for a while i'm just the opposite i'm up and running I'm out the door. I am ready to go that's just one of the differences uh, the way we uh, The way we drive a car is different. I mean, she drives much differently than I drive. Uh, And you
1: drive much differently than I drive.
0: Yeah. She's much more patient with other drivers than I am. That's right. A lot of things are different about us. So, you know, you're you're supposed to be different. If you're both just alike, then one of you is useless in the relationship. You're supposed to have differences. As a matter of fact, let's talk about differences for just a minute. We've got a little clip of a video we want you to see it talks a little bit about differences in marriage. So watch this. I love marriage. Marriage yeah, it's awesome.
2: It's so beneficial. So many benefits for a guy when you get married. <laughs> like when you get married, you're a guy, you get a little helper in the car. <laughs> I love my little helper in the car. She knows everything about driving. It's very convenient for me. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes I get confused. <laughs> See, I don't know how I get anywhere without my helper in the car. I'd probably be bouncing off trees and buildings and stuff, but she's there to help. Like she tells me when the light changes colors and everything. It's very convenient and helpful. <laughs> Like, it's green! Thank you, Elmer, because I was confused. I didn't know. Thanks, Captain Prism. She's very helpful in the car for me. I always know how fast I'm going with my helper. She lets me know. You know how fast you're going? Yeah, I got a speedometer right here, but thanks for the backup. That thing ever snaps in half, I got you to back me up. When you see old guys driving 35 on the freeway, it's not because they want to, they've been trained to, for crying out loud. Their foot has been governed by a woman. You ever see like, oh, I want to go faster. I just don't think I should. I just feel like something horrible's gonna happen if I go any lower. Gonna get an ice pick in my ear hole or something bad's gonna happen, Roy. She's very helpful in the car. That's right. She gives me statistics when we're in a car. That's right. You know that men have the most accidents. Gee, I wonder why that is. (laughs) Hmm. Let me ponder that for a nanosecond. Bing! It's because the woman in the passenger side, because you always react to every little thing. And that's okay. Just don't do the noise. Oh, that. that was the garage door opening, sweetheart. I, we haven't left yet. Can you give me a change of pants before we go? I'm, these aren't going to work for the gala. I'm sorry, was silver it was moving. I thought it was a Volvo. I'm sorry. We're driving one night. <laughs> We're driving one night, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. And it's just, I'm just so tired. I'm just hallucinating. <laughs> My wife's just sacked out. <clears throat> She got that eyelid, and we hit a bump. Two o'clock in the morning, she goes.
0: Are you okay?
2: And she says, "This you want me to drive?" <laughs> What would Jesus do?
0: <laughs> I think that kind of hit home with a lot of people today. So we're different. There are, dif- there are differences in the way we're wired and the way we do things. And we want to talk about three things this morning that I think all of us can work on that can really help make a more healthy marriage or healthier relationships in general. Number one, the first thing, first thing we're going to talk about is healthy communication. We need to learn to communicate where we understand each other, but we need to do it in a very, very healthy way. In Psalms 133, the psalmist said this, that when people are together in unity, that God commands a blessing to be there. And I think sometimes our marriages and our homes and our families struggle because there's not the kind of blessing we need because we're not communicating and we're not in unity. And no, communication brings agreement. It brings unity, and that brings blessing into our lives. Isaiah 116, God said, come, let us reason together. And I was t- talking with Ann last night. You know, I think in a lot of marriages, we never learn how to negotiate because we never learn how to communicate. It's got to be all one way or all the other way, and sometimes the answer's in the middle. And if we can learn to communicate, we can have much more healthy relationships. But not only that, I think The way we communicate really is like a thermostat. It helps set the temperature for everything that happens in our homes.
1: It's so true. The tone of our communication in our marriage really sets the temperature of our marriage. And so I think it's good to ask ourselves, what is the tone of our communication? Because if we can determine what the tone of our communication is, we will see the temperature of our marriage. In some marriages, there's a rather negative tone in the communication. Some marriages, unfortunately, I've heard some marriages where they speak to each other in ways that they wouldn't even speak to strangers. And that type of communication creates a tone of hostility and then therefore sets the temperature of that marriage. In some marriages, Maybe one spouse is very quiet and just keeps everything inside and then on occasion just explodes and is that time bomb. That type of communication creates insecurity, a tone of insecurity in the home because the other spouse is constantly on pins and needles, not knowing what to expect at any moment. In other marriages, maybe there's really no communication because each spouse is so consumed with the busyness in their own lives and all the things they're doing separately and individually, and no communication creates a tone of indifference in a marriage. Other marriages, the tone of communication is more positive. In our marriage, Before we got married, we had such a strong sense of appreciation and just gratitude for each other. We were so thankful for each other and we did not want to lose that after we got married. So we really made a conscious decision that from day one, once we got married, we were going to cultivate having and continuing that tone of thankfulness and appreciation in our marriage.
0: Except for when we're driving in the car.
1: (laughs) Well, there is (laughs) that. And so we made a conscious decision to do that. But you know, all of us can do that. We can determine the tone of our communication and thereby determine the temperature of our marriages. But I think most people never stop to even think about what is the tone of our communication? What is the temperature of our marriage? We need to stop and just recognize what is that and then talk to each other about what do we want the tone of our communication to be. And then start pursuing that. Go after cultivating that tone of communication in your marriage because then that will set the temperature for your marriage.
0: And I think one of the things that that is really healthy in marriage is when we understand Not only are we wired differently, but we communicate differently. Now, generally speaking, and this is generally speaking, the the scale runs up and down, but generally speaking, men and women communicate very, very differently because of how they're wired. For example, a man tends to communicate straight from his head because when a man talks, this is what he says. Well, I think we need to do this. How many women... Have heard your husband say that a million times. I think this is what we need to do because that's how men are wired. They're wired to think things through and then they just speak from their head. Here's how I see it. It's black and white. This is just the way it works. That's how men are wired.
1: And women are wired more to speak from the heart. We communicate our feelings and, and it just comes out in things that we say. So maybe some of these things sound familiar to you. You might just naturally say to your husband, honey, how would you feel about going to the mall tonight?
0: I don't feel anything about going to the mall. (laughs) Now, if you want me to go to the mall, I'll go to the mall. Why are we going to the mall? What's it for? I need to understand why. I think if we need to go to the mall, great, but otherwise, I'd just as soon stay home.
1: Or how would you feel about having Italian for dinner tonight?
0: I don't feel anything about (laughs) Italian food. I love Italian food, but I don't have any feelings for it one way or the other.
1: Or maybe your pendulum is on the far extreme with your feelings and your heart and emotions, and you say things like, Honey, did you see those people in need? Oh, we've got to do something to help. Maybe we should empty our bank account for them, or maybe we should have them move in with us.
0: (laughs) Are you kidding me? You have got to be Have you stopped and thought about this at all? Have you? Give me a break.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe we say other things that are just a reflection of what we're feeling, what's going on on the inside, like, you just don't love me.
0: What do you mean I don't love you? Look at all the things I do to you. Think about it for just a minute. I do this and I do this and I do this. I provide for the family. I make sure the bills are paid. I make sure the yard's taken care of. I do all this stuff. The kids get where they need to be. What do you mean I don't love you?
1: (laughs) Or maybe at the end of the day, you have communication with each other when you get home (laughs) from work. And maybe... You as the wife might come home and say, oh, honey, you will not believe what happened at work today. I just cannot believe this.
0: And so I look at her, and I say, well, here's what you need to do. You need to walk right in there and do this. No,
1: no, 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 no. You don't understand. I mean, they really hurt me. Like, how could they possibly do that? Yeah,
0: well, here's what you need to do. You need to go in there, get right in their no, face. No, 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 no,
1: you don't understand. I mean, they're not seeing the big picture. They just don't get it. I'm just so alone. No, no, no,
0: you don't get it. Here's what you need to do. I think you need to go in there.
1: Stop trying to fix it. I'm just sharing my feelings with you. Can any women relate to that?
0: (laughs) That's what men do. They fix things.
1: However, (laughs) that is very often a woman's way of opening her heart and inviting him into her heart. She's wanting to create unity, this emotional bonding time by sharing her feelings and letting him step into her heart and share her feelings with her. And she's wanting to create this unifying time that usually ends up not very unified at all. <laughs> Anybody relate to that? <laughs> or maybe on the other side, uh, when the husbands come home from work, the wife says, hi, honey, how was your day? It was good. Well, can you give me more than that? Like, what happened? What would you do? Who would you go to lunch with? Who would you talk to?
0: Went to work, had lunch, went with Fred down to the In-N-Out. I mean, nothing happened. I just worked.
1: And sometimes when we start asking all those questions, they get a little bit defensive and feel like we're checking up on them or we're not trusting them. But in reality, we're trying to get them to open their hearts so we can step in and share their feelings and have an emotional bonding time with them as well, having some heart-to-heart communication. But it doesn't always end that way.
0: <laughs> not always. Not always.
1: Or what about at the end of an unresolved discussion or argument? <laughs> Anybody ever have any unresolved discussions? All right, a few honest people. Not,
0: not with myself. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: Very often, at the end of an unresolved discussion, and there will be unresolved discussions because we see things differently, but very often at the end of that, what a woman wants most is for her husband just to draw closer to her, to put his arms around her, and just say, honey, it's going to be okay. We'll figure it out. I love you. However, What a man usually likes to do at that point is to retreat to his man cave,
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) his nothing box,
0: and not talk about it any more because he is overwhelmed trying to feel what she feels. (laughs) And you know, I I think it's really important. (laughs)
1: Let's just ask one question. That nothing box, does it really exist?
0: Yeah, oh yeah, there's absolutely a nothing box. When for we a guy. say,
1: honey, what are you thinking? And you say, Nothing. Is it really possible?
0: It's absolutely possible. <laughs> See, here's, now I'm going to talk right out of our marriage, okay? And this is not in any way belittling either one of us, but I am absolutely headlines. I mean, you pick up a newspaper, I'm the headlines. I can say it all in one sentence. And will take four pages to give you all the details. It's how she's wired. And, you know, I, sometimes after the second paragraph, I'm like, <laughs> dude, I already know the answer to this. I already know where this is going. You don't, need to, you don't need to give me all the details. But yet she needs to give it because she's talking out of her heart and out of her feelings and emotions. And, guys, please hear me for just a minute. If you can stop and realize your wife is gonna talk out of her heart, out of her emotions, and there's a lot of stuff tied to it, when you step in and cut her off, as I oftentimes do my wife, it makes her feel like what she has to say is not important and it hurts her and she shuts down. And wives, when your husband is like, hurry, get to the end of this, (laughs) you have to understand it's not that he's trying to hurt your feelings. He just wants the short answer. He needs it in one sentence so he can tie the knot and move on because that's how men communicate. They take a rope, they tie a knot, they're done, they're ready to go on to the next thing, tie the next knot. Women is like what? Spaghetti. Yeah.
1: (laughs) There is a book entitled Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti because men's brains compartmentalize everything like the little squares on the waffles and women's brains are more like spaghetti and we just intertwine everything together. Because it all connects, right, ladies? That's
0: right. Yeah, because you can ask your wife a question and you can get 17 answers about 17 different things and <laughs> never get the one you asked her about. Because it all connects. It just happens that way. But here, here's here's what's important. Let me show you something. First Peter chapter three. I think we've got this verse to throw on the screen. First Peter chapter three verse seven. Here's what Peter said. Husbands, now l- listen closely, guys. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding. Men. God wants us to try to learn to understand our wives. How many of you are already overwhelmed there? Are you? We need to try to understand our wives and be careful how we respond to them, not to hurt them. He goes on to say this: giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. It doesn't mean she's dumber, it doesn't mean she's not as smart. It means physically she doesn't have the capabilities that you have. She's a weaker vessel. And As being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. See, some of us guys are wondering, well, why isn't God answering my prayers? It's because of the way you treat your wife. That's good preaching right there. We need to dwell with them with understanding. And it takes work. You know why? Because I am typical man. I mean, I am right here between the ears. It doesn't make any sense why you go in there. And she is typical woman. She's talking out of here. And we have to learn from time to time, guys, To stop, get still, and listen, and become heart-to-heart with our wives, not just head-to-head. It's hard for them to be head-to-head, so sometimes we have to learn how to be heart-to-heart and talk out of our hearts. Those conversations are painful, but we need to have them from time to time.
1: And Scripture gives us, as ladies, a key to have healthy communication with our husbands. Right there in the same chapter in 1 Peter 3. Verses 1 and 2, and I love the way this reads in the Amplified Bible, and the Amplified Bible says it with more words, so of course I like that version. Okay. (laughs) But listen to what it says. In like manner, you married women, be submissive to your own husbands, subordinate yourselves as being secondary to and dependent on them, and adapt yourselves to them, so that even if any do not obey the word of God, they may be won over, not by discussion, but by the godly lives of their wives when they observe the pure and modest way in which you conduct yourselves, together with your reverence for your husband. You are to feel for him all that reverence includes. Listen to this. To respect, defer to, revere him, to honor, esteem, appreciate, prize, and in the human sense to adore him. That is to admire, praise, be devoted to, deeply love, and enjoy your husband's And I think this is such a vital key for us, ladies. When we take on this attitude, this tone in our communication and communicate out of this kind of deep respect, we will have healthy communication.
0: You know, in Ephesians 5, when Paul wrote about marriage, he wrote several verses in there. Most of it's directed at men because men have a hard time understanding their wives. But, But here's something that he said to sum it all up. He said, Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. I'm going to tell you something. If you will love your wife, she'll give you everything that's inside of her. Wives, if you'll learn to respect your husbands, he'll kill himself trying to make you happy. And I guess it's okay to say this. We're mostly adults here. If you'll communicate, it leads to good sex.
1: Only a few are interested anybody, in that, apparently. Uh, are you apparently? against that or
0: what? I mean, I, okay, we've taken a lot of time talking about, I shouldn't probably shouldn't have said that first service. Some of y'all aren't even awake yet. What do you say, Ethel? <laughs> so number one, communication, because communication is so important to healthy marriage. Number two, let me talk to you for just a couple of minutes here because we have to hurry. Uh, number two, I think the second thing we need to do is we need to have healthy lifestyle management healthy lifestyle management because in our world today people are so busy and as a pastor i see it constantly a lot of people are letting their lives get totally out of control and the tail is wagging the dog and they've lost control of their lifestyles and when that happens it begins to affect the marriage it begins to affect the kids and a family can become really really unhealthy let me talk about three things here real quickly if i could okay Number one, time. Jesus, when he gave the parable of the sower, said that that the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of life keep us from growing in God. Those same things affect a marriage. And one of the things your spouse needs, whether husband or wife, your spouse needs time with you. Your spouse needs your attention. Ann and I are busy people, and she's really good at telling me we need a date night. We need to get out and spend some time together. I'm like, we ate dinner together every night. No, 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 no. I need your undivided attention where we're not talking about church and we're not talking about business and we're not dealing with all the problems. We just need to have romance. How many guys start shrinking down in the chair when they start talking about romance? That's because it's an imaginary word. I looked it up in the dictionary. It's an imaginary word. (laughs) Look it up for yourself. You see it. So here's the thing. In order to manage our time, we need to learn to set priorities. Your relationship with God is the most important thing in your life. Number two is your relationship with your spouse. Spouse comes before the kids. Spouse comes before work. Spouse comes before everything else. It's God first. It's your spouse second. And then children come next, and all the rest of the priorities begin to fall into place. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't seasons of life when You have to focus on other things, it's gonna happen. But as a rule, you need to get your life in order and set your priorities, and the two of you together, husband and wife, determine how do we keep life balanced so our needs are met, because I'm gonna tell you, if the marriage is not healthy, the kids aren't gonna be healthy, the family's not gonna be healthy, and we're gonna pass a lot of junk on to the next generation that they don't need. So we need to learn to deal with our time correctly. Second area is finances. A lot of us don't have healthy lifestyles because we're not controlling finances. The bottom line is we need to make sure we're not spending more than we make. Can I get three amens in the house this morning? Well, he's going to talk about finances for 30 minutes. No, I'm not going to talk about it for 30 seconds. We need to learn to live within our means. The answer is not always making more money. Sometimes the answer is buying less stuff especially on credit. Come on, husbands. I gave you a chance right there. And then the, the third thing, let me back up a minute. The, the finances. Finances puts pressure on a marriage that makes it really difficult to navigate things. So work on those finances together. Number three, third thing, children. We live in a world today where it, it, it seems to be the idea with kids is to just make them happy and do whatever it takes to keep them happy so they're not fussing at you all the time. I see a lot of families today where children are running the family. And it's almost like they're the adults. They determine what they're going to do with their time, what the family's going to do with the money, when we're going to eat, what we're going to eat, how we're going to do it, how we're going to vacation, we're going to go to Disneyland Saturday, and then we're going to go the next Saturday, and the next Saturday, and the next, okay, we got to go. we got to because the kids want to go. You know what? Moms and dads, you are the adults. You need to control the time and the focus of the family, and you need to make decisions for the family and then help the kids understand why we do things the way we do things. God put you in charge. You are the adult. Turn to somebody and say, we are the adult's. We are the adults. The kids are not to run the family. And and let me say this real quickly. I I hear it all the time from families. Man, life is so busy, we can't even get to church because the kids got to go here, and 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 the kids got to go here. That means life is out of control, and the adults need to step up, and they need to put some restrictions on the family. Amen. Because... Because a family won't be healthy unless there's order in the family. Okay? So there needs to be order. So make sure we do that. That's the second thing.
1: All right. And the third thing that will help to create a healthy marriage is having healthy expectations. You know, we all have expectations in every area of life. But very often, we don't recognize what those expectations are, we don't realize where we got them, where we picked them up along the way, we just go along with them, they just become part of us, and they really just become our assumptions of how people should treat us how they should talk to us or behave around us. And they become just the assumptions that we carry through life. And so maybe, for example, maybe there's some ladies who in your home growing up, maybe you had a home where your dad did all the cooking. And so you entered into marriage thinking that's what husbands do. And then you had a rude awakening. (laughs) Or maybe some of you men... Maybe you grew up in a home where your mom always had dinner on the table when your dad walked through that door getting home from work at the end of the day. And you thought that's how it was going to be. (laughs) And you had a rude awakening. (laughs) You know, we pick up things based on our experiences. We have expectations based on our experiences, based on things that we've been exposed to, what we have seen, whether in our upbringing or in other relationships around us, we have certain expectations in every area of life. We have expectations when it comes to the responsibilities. In marriage, who does what around the house? We have expectations when it comes to our finances. Very often, one person's expectations are not the other person's expectations. We have expectations in the area of parenting, in the area of intimacy, in the area of spiritual leadership in our homes. And this one, this expectations in the area of spiritual leadership... We, in talking to couples, we see this very often as a big issue in marriages. And so we want to take just a moment and talk about expectations when it comes to spiritual leadership in the homes. Because, you know, the word tells us that the man is the spiritual head. But ladies, very often we get in our minds a set picture of what that looks like. The Bible doesn't give us a set picture of exactly what that looks like, but we get in our minds, oh yes, We're going to wake up in the morning and he's going to gather the family and have a family devotional time and pray for each one of us. And then the kids are going to go off to school and we're going to go through our couple's devotional together. And then he's going to pray for me. And then at night we're going to pray together. And we have all these images in our mind of what this looks like for him to be the spiritual head of our home. But the Bible doesn't spell out for us exactly how that looks. And it doesn't say he should go get the couple's devotional and sit down and do all of that. And he may have a very different expectation in his mind of what it means to take that spiritual leadership. And very often for men, it means more along the lines of talking to God about decisions for the family and, you know, praying and and having his own relationship with God so that he's hearing from God and can make wise decisions for the family. And so we end up with these frustrations, and a lot of times women get frustrated because the man's not fulfilling her expectation. But we've got to stop and realize, ladies, that they do relationships differently than we do. Let me just ask you, guys, do you do relationships, friendships with your guy friends differently than your wives do relationships with her girlfriends? Yeah.
0: Yeah, we go to the bathroom by ourselves.
1: (laughs) Guys, I'm sure you never go to a a romantic love story and come out with your guy friends crying, saying, oh, that was so wonderful. No. (laughs) No. But women might do that. We do relationships. We do our friendships, relationships with other people differently. So why do we expect, ladies, that our husbands would do relationship with God the same way we do? They're going to do their relationship with God in their own way. And we need to give them the freedom to be able to do that. And appreciate that. Them doing that, appreciate the things that they're doing to take spiritual leadership in their own way. Because if we don't recognize those things and we just keep focusing on our unfulfilled expectations, then all we'll do is complain and gripe at them for not fulfilling our expectations, which will only make them feel like a failure and not want to be any kind of spiritual leader in the home. But if we can start noticing the things that they're doing in their way and appreciating those things, then they're gonna want to do even more in that area. And we've got to be very careful not to criticize what they're doing because Sometimes we end up wanting to push them out of the way so that we can step into that role and do it ourselves and then complain that they're not in that role and how could they possibly get in that role when we're standing in that place? So we've got to recognize they're going to do relationship differently. They're going to be the spiritual leader in the home in the way they feel God leading them to do and we need to give them the freedom to do that.
0: And at the same time, in, in, in conjunction with that, guys, I think it's important for us to go back to number one and talk with our wives from time to time. I'm, I'm bad about this. Uh, I'm the guy who, from the time I was 18, 19 years old, and God began to pull on my heart, I'd get alone by myself, talk to God, listen to, <coughs> Excuse me, listen to God. Once God spoke to me, here's where I'm going. And sometimes I can start running down a road and never talk to my wife about where I'm going spiritually. It's important that we open up our hearts and talk to our wives. I know why we don't do it, because they're going to ask a million questions. And when you're walking by faith, it's like, I don't know yet. God just said go, so I'm going to go. Yeah. But, but, the, but the truth is, we need to communicate so expectations are the same when we come into agreement on those things.
1: Yeah, and so many um, frustrations and conflicts in marriage are the result of unfulfilled expectations, which very often are unrealistic Expectations. So we just want to encourage you today, if there's an area in your relationship where there's frustration, m- maybe continual frustration, stop and recognize what are your expectations in that area. And then ask the other person, communicate about those things, and then be willing to come together and find what's in the middle, something you can agree on. And when there's agreement there, that creates healthy expectations. Expectations. Yeah.
0: So today we've talked about three main things, and I want, I want to kind of wrap up this part. I want you to think about it. We've talked about healthy communication. As a pastor, scripturally, we're shepherds. We're shepherds. We, we lead and we feed a, a flock of people, a group of people. If you're here today and you say, well, this is my church and you're my pastor, uh, let me talk to you as a shepherd for just a minute, okay? Number one, this weekend, Husbands, wives, sit down and talk about the things that are really frustrating you. But learn to talk heart to heart and don't come out and you know create a war out of it. But I'm telling you, you need to talk about the issues of life. If you're not, sit down and have a conversation. Talk about the issues of life, what's going on in your family. Number two, healthy lifestyle management. If you're frustrated with the, with, with the home being out of balance, sit down and talk about it and then negotiate. Find some ways to bring that into balance. Make it work for your family. Number three, healthy expectations. I think it would do all of us good, probably, if husbands and wives would sit down from time to time, and I'm asking you to do it this weekend. Husbands and wives, sit down and just talk, and guys be honest and say, well, I feel like sometimes you expect me to be this, and I can't do it. It's amazing just opening that door and talking about expectations. It's amazing how you'll find out that you've been seeing it wrong all along or maybe they just haven't communicated it well. But I want to encourage you to take these three areas because today as we've talked to you, some of you have had some things really, really prick your heart and you've realized, wow, we need to work on that. Go home talk about it. And when you're finished, just take a minute and pray together and turn to your wife and say, honey, it's going to be all right. We're going to figure it out. We're going to work through this. It's amazing what it'll do for, her, okay? Right, we've, got, we've got to wrap this up. So, Ann, if you would pray for our, for our marriages and our families today, okay?
1: Thank you, Father. Father, I just pray for each person here, each marriage represented, those watching online as well. God, I just pray for every family unit. God, I just pray that you would breathe freshness and new life and new joy into each marriage each family God Father I pray that you would just show each one of us as individuals areas where maybe we need to make adjustments help us to be able to do that help us to be able to come together and and communicate and and grow together be able to meet in the middle Father Help us to let down walls where walls need to be let down. God, I just pray that our hearts would be drawn more closely, God, to you first of all, and as a result to each other. God, that we would just embrace your love in us our marriages in our families, Father. Help us, God, to just apply these principles we talked about today to grow in healthy family relationships. God, I just pray that each one of us today that we would just be overwhelmed with the reality of your incredible love for us. Father, maybe those here today who are not married, maybe there's some here today that Valentine's Day is just kind of a painful day. God, I pray that each and every one of us would just be so overwhelmed with the reality of your incredible love for us, God. That we would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that no matter what, you love us completely, unconditionally, unceasingly. And God, I pray that we would also recognize that you love everyone else in our lives in that same way. Help us to be people who see others through your love as well. In Jesus' name.